G'day. Welcome to God's Word Today's World, applying scripture to modern life. My name is Dan Van Werkhoven. I'm an Aussie writer and pastor living with my wife on a tiny island called Saipan. Join me today as I dig into scripture and explore how God's Word can still be applied to our lives thousands of years later. Hey, you're listening to episode 21 of the God's Word Today's World podcast. In today's episode, we're looking at how a few unqualified believers founded one of the most missions-focused churches in the first century. It wasn't a carefully planned church plant that happened after months of research and was headed up by well-trained professionals with the support of a parent church. It started with a few people on the run from persecution saying, We need to tell these people about Jesus, because that's what Jesus commanded us to do. So often we make excuses about how underqualified we are to do God's work, and want to leave it up to those with more qualifications than us. But telling others about Jesus is the responsibility of all believers. If you want access to the show notes and the full transcript, you can find those over at www.godswordtodaysworld.com forward slash listen and look for episode 21 on the list. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. But without further ado, let's dig in. Last week in episode 20 of the God's Word Today's World podcast, we had a look at how important it is to not let our culture or even church culture add to the gospel. It's all too easy if we've been in church for a long time to expect Christians to look and act a certain way. And if they don't, then we doubt their salvation. In last week's passage, some of the believers in Jerusalem were trying to add to the gospel by expecting all male believers to be circumcised before they were really accepted. But Peter showed how God had made everyone clean, and that circumcision had nothing to do with salvation. Then those early believers did something that we can really learn from. They saw the truth and praised God for the wonders he had done. We can all too easily fall into the trap of being so insistent that our way of seeing the world is right, that we ignore God, that we ignore when God is clearly showing another way. This week we're looking at how God used ordinary people, not the apostles or other leaders in Jerusalem, to plant one of the strongest churches in the first century. Our passage today is Acts chapter 11 verses 19 through to 30, and this is the World English Bible. They, therefore, who were scattered abroad by the oppression that arose about Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except the Jews only. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The report concerning them came to the ears of those of the assembly which was in Jerusalem. They sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch, who, when he had come and had seen the grace of God, was glad. He exhorted them all 
that with purpose of heart they should remain near to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and many people were added to the Lord. Barnabas went out to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they were gathered together with the assembly and taught many people. The disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and indicated by the Spirit that there should be a great famine all over the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius. As any of the disciples had plenty, each determined to send relief to the brothers who lived in Judea, which they also did, sending to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So here in chapter 11, we take a look back at the events that started in chapter 6 with the capture of Stephen. In chapter 8, which we looked at in episode number 12, a great persecution broke out and the believers were scattered. By and large, we see that many only spread the good news of Jesus amongst the Jews. Some, however, went to Antioch and began to tell the Greeks there about Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Now, it's easy to think that events are moving really quickly here in Acts. It certainly feels like we're just months after Jesus returned to heaven. But, in actual fact, the church in Antioch was founded 10 to 15 years after Jesus' resurrection. Everything we've been looking at over this series is spread out over that period. And we're given a clue to how much time has passed because at the end of this chapter, Luke references a famine which happened during the reign of Claudius. Claudius began to reign in AD 41. Jesus was crucified in about AD 30. And Egyptian documents indicate a major famine through parts of the land in AD 46. So, that gives us the 10 to 15 year range, but it was probably closer to 15 years by the time Barnabas brought Saul to Antioch. But back to the story. When the church in Jerusalem heard of what was happening in Antioch, they sent Barnabas, the son of encouragement, to them. And he did exactly that. He encouraged them, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And while there, Barnabas remembered Saul, that crazy, zealous believer he had met years ago who once persecuted the church but was now passionate about delivering the gospel of Jesus to the Gentiles. So he went and found him, and together they met with the church and taught great numbers of people. And it can be easy to read this passage and later say that Saul and Barnabas were the ones who set this church up in Antioch, and it can sometimes be easy to credit them as the founders. But the real founders, the people who God used first, they were laymen. They weren't pastors or specially trained church planters with seminary degrees. They were believers who fled Jerusalem after a great persecution and wound up in Antioch. And while they were in Antioch, they did what Jesus commanded. They told others the good news of Jesus and what he had done. So often when we think of church planting, we think of people who were trained and then appointed by a church or organization to go establish a new church. A lot of planning generally goes into a church plant. 
The city is assessed to see if it has a need for more churches. Then people are trained and they head out with the support of a large organization or church. And away they go. But here in Acts, we see the very opposite. We see some ordinary, unimportant believers move to a new city and see how little impact the gospel has on that city. And then they just start telling others about Jesus. It's what they were taught to do, to share the gospel with everyone. They didn't need to be appointed to have that responsibility. Jesus gave it to all believers. And people listened because God's hand was with them. And a church was formed with little or no planning. When the news of that church reached Jerusalem, they sent an experienced believer down to support them, not to take over and run it for them, but to support the work that God was already doing. You know, this is exactly how Church 360 started, the church that I serve as a pastor at as of the time of this recording. The founders, the Woods, didn't move to Saipan with a plan to start a church. God put that desire on their heart once they got here. They saw a need and acted on it. As time went by, people with more experience came alongside the Woods and supported them. But Church 360 started by a couple of ordinary believers seeing a need and telling others about Jesus. And now Church 360 is a church with support from established churches around the Pacific. It didn't start with a careful human plan. It started by God putting a need on a young couple's hearts. Now, don't get me wrong. It's great that there are organizations out there who train and support church planters. That is a huge need because it's tough. And getting wisdom and training from experienced people is a great thing. But my point is, the Lord doesn't need specially trained personnel to grow the kingdom of God. He just needs willing people. People willing to follow Jesus' command and tell others the good news about him and what he's done. Because ultimately, it's God who grows his kingdom, not the people, not us. But it's all too easy to slip into the mindset that church planting is up to the professionals. It's not our responsibility. Outreach is up to church leadership. Evangelism is up to those qualified. What we see in Acts, though, is churches being started by people with no training, people who are certainly not professional church planters. What we see in Acts 11, 29 to 30 is ordinary people in churches starting ministries and outreach efforts by themselves and then asking the important people, Barnabas and Saul, to help them with it. But we see that heart and that desire to serve and to take care of their brothers and sisters didn't stem from leadership. It stemmed from them. It stemmed from the people sitting in the pews. And what we also see is evangelism being done by, well, Actually, when you really look at it, we see evangelism being done by qualified evangelists. That's right. The believers who went to Antioch and told others about Jesus were qualified evangelism. But the thing that with evangelism that makes these normal believers qualified 
is that every single person who knows Jesus, who has put their faith in Jesus, the Son of God who came to earth to die for our sins and rose again three days later, defeating death, every single person who believes that is qualified to be an evangelist. Why? Because if we know Jesus, we know the gospel. It's impossible to know Jesus, to have a relationship with Jesus and not know the gospel. And if we know the gospel and our story of salvation, we are qualified to tell it. But so often, though, we can be like Moses. And when God says, I want you to talk to that person, we respond with, but I'm not qualified. You should get this person to talk to them. They're much better at speaking than I am. They're a professional. They've had training. I haven't. But the thing is, like with Moses, God didn't call them. He called us. And so in conclusion, evangelism, church growth, even church planting, they're not up to just a few specialized people. Those tasks are the responsibility of all of us. Certainly some the Holy Spirit gives the, the spiritual gift of evangelism too, and they are supernaturally good at it. Some God calls to plant churches, others he doesn't. But evangelism, talking to others about Jesus, that's a responsibility of all of us, regardless of our qualifications. We all have a different story, and those stories are needed We never know if it's our story that God will use to impact others. The testimony of a gifted evangelist will mean nothing to some people. But your story, your testimony, that's what that person needs to hear. It can be easy to leave it up to other people to talk about Jesus. It can be easy to tell ourselves that we're not qualified and perhaps we don't have formal theological training. And if that's you, well, I got news for you. Sometimes God doesn't want the person who spent 20 years as a pastor, has multiple theological degrees, and has written a dozen books. He wants you. He wants me. He wants the person with no theological qualifications, no experience, and no training. Why? Because some people need to hear from ordinary people not from pastors and theologians, seminary professors, and professional church planters. For example, Jesus didn't rock up to the synagogue and choose the best-trained Pharisees. He rocked up to the docks and chose uneducated fishermen. He chose a hated taxman. He chose fiery-tempered young men. He chose rebels who wanted to overthrow the Roman Empire. In other words... He chose the least qualified people on earth to be evangelists and trained them on the job. They didn't spend three years with him and then begin ministry. They began ministry with him from day one and had a lot of learning and growing to do. But God also wants and uses the theologians, the pastors, the seminary professors, the qualified church planters. The thing is, though, It's not about our qualifications. It's not about our experience, our study. It's about our desire to follow Jesus' commands and take the gospel to the ends of the earth and 
to our neighbor. And so my challenge this week is that we pray and ask God to show us how to serve him. If we're already actively serving him, then pray and ask him how we can serve him better. Pray for the courage to tell our story, our testimony. Pray for the courage to follow him, not to wait for someone else to ask us to, not to wait for someone more qualified. Because no one is more qualified than you are to do the tasks that God has planned for you. Thank you for joining me today on God's Word Today's World. If you'd like to view the show notes or leave a comment, you can find the complete list of all podcast episodes over at www.godswordtodaysworld.com forward slash listen. Hope to see you next week. Now go apply God's Word to your life.